Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Yep. So I was raised um, in a household where it was, you know, meat and potatoes and a vegetable, right? We always had to have that starch, right? We believed that it was the starch that made us feel full. So we had to have the potatoes or the rice or the pasta or whatever it was. Um, And then also in our household, we still had, looking back, we had plenty of the convenience foods, you know, the boxed foods, the packaged foods, et cetera, for the convenience aspect of it. so as far as, in, uh, as far as today's view of how I look at food, um, number one, how do I shorten this? Number one, the food, the actual food that we do consume, those starches, those grains, um, the wheat, etc., they aren't the same foods and grains that our ancestors ate. Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step-parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life, and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post-divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. Welcome back to another episode of Life After Divorce. Uh, Today, we're discussing improve your mindset, mood, and movement with healthy nutrition. And I'm very excited to have with me Scott Harvell. Welcome, Scott. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here with you. Scott, we're wrapping up a a mini series within our Life After Divorce series uh, on healthy living. And I think this is just a great note to wrap up on. And you're like, when we spoke offline, you're so excited and passionate about, um, about healthy nutrition and healthy living. And can you just tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into this? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm passionate about it because I would say I'm a walking testimonial of the power of nutrition. So for the first 32 years of my life, I did everything the wrong way when it came to nutrition and not intentionally, not like I was trying to, but just because of the way I was 
kind of raised in, in the belief system that was instilled in me. And then just thinking that um, I was invincible, right. For as many years as possible of just, I could get away with eating whatever I want to eat. And it's not, you know, as long as it doesn't kill me right away, then, then no harm, no foul. Right. I just continue eating more of it. So, um, so Sadly, that wasn't the reality or the truth whatsoever. My health was deteriorating uh, consistently year after year after year. Um, I was dealing with a lot of gut issues, a lot of digestion issues, um, had uh, incessant heartburn, acid reflux every day. I had to take a heartburn pill from the time I was, I think, about 13 or 14 years old. Um, every single day I had to take a Zantac or a Prilosec or whatever it was because it was just too unbearable. Um, and then led to just chronic fatigue uh, through all of my 20s, just feeling just dead tired every day. Felt like I needed to take a nap all throughout the day. And most days I did. Uh, led to sadly depression. And I had uh, bouts of manic depression with suicidal thoughts and Rock bottom for me was at the age of 32 years old, where I did plan out an attempt uh, suicide on my on my life. Uh, and thankfully, uh, obviously, I'm here. God intervened and, and stopped that from happening. And that was a good it, failure. <laughs> yeah, a very, very good failure for sure. Um, but he uh, in that moment gave me the uh, clarity that I needed, uh, the focus that I needed. Uh, of which was, it's not the symptoms that I need to be chasing, uh, but it's the root cause that's causing uh, the state at which I was in. Uh, and that meaning all of the all of the garbage and the lack of nutrients, you know, the garbage that I was putting in my body and the lack of nutrients that I was not putting in my body was leading to all of these symptoms and all of these problems and issues that I was hoping would go away and tried for decades to make them go away by focusing on what I need to do to get rid of those symptoms. But in the end, like I said, it was the, it was the root, uh, the root cause, which was that nutritional aspect. You know, I think that's uh, what a powerful story. And in Western medicine, that, uh, that term chasing symptoms, I feel like that's so much what we do. And we live in a society where uh, we're maybe over medicated and uh, and the medication masks the problem by like hiding the symptom, but it doesn't actually address the problem. And as you were talking, I was just thinking, like, what if we all started putting crappy water in our car engine instead of really high test gasoline? Right. It's going to sputter and it's going to break down and. Um, and that's really powerful that at such a young age, from your teens into your early thirties, that that you uh, that you suffered so much from what so many young people do eat. I remember telling my son that Taco Bell meat wasn't actually beef. Like it just, I was so assaulted that he ate so much of that and the impact it might have. And so today we're, you know, as you know, we're talking to an audience of people filled with um, overwhelm and stress and either in the middle of, or having gone through a divorce. And so I know for myself, uh, money's tight, time is tight, you grab and go, and you're not always eating 
alive food. And, um, and so can you talk to us a little bit about what you learned in that transition from eating whatever you want, whenever you want to what is better for your body? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest takeaway that I learned is, well, number one, that are the human bodies. So this machine that God created is a perfect machine. So it's a perfect analogy that you start with the automobile, right? We take great care of actual machines or possessions that we have. But now we have our ultimate possession, which is our human body. And we don't think of taking care of it that way. Right. I mean, we we all know the things that we should do, but we it's not until we turn I should into I have to uh, do we make the change. Whereas if it was your automobile, right, it wouldn't be Yeah, I shouldn't put what, you know, crappy water in this automobile. I probably should. You know, I know I have to put gasoline, but eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Right. And you're analogy, but with the human body and with ourselves and taking care of ourselves, that's the way we approach it. We're like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, until something happens that forces us to make that change and turn it into, I have to, whereas in my case, it was, you know, rock bottom of attempting, you know, attempted to take my life. But for so many others, it could be, you know, being diagnosed with diabetes or heart disease or cancer or you name it where they decide, okay, I have to, I have to make these changes. Um, so I, I want to uh, just jump in here. I just, before you go on, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but I think that, um, you know, going through divorces is so upheaving and assaulting. So, so there's a lot of emotions to begin with. And I just, I, I would like you to spend another minute or two on um, that kind of gut brain connection and the moods, because like you said, so some people might have diabetes, but there is that whole uh, knowledge base, which I believe is growing a lot about the connection between your gut and your moods and your mental health. And so can you just talk a little bit about that for a few minutes? Yeah. So I could say from my own viewpoint, it is astonishing absolutely astonishing. And I know that, you know, most people have to experience it to believe it, but I'm blown away at how much better I can handle my emotions. Uh, I could persevere through challenges. Um, I could stay in the present moment. I could stay level-headed, how much more productive I am. Um, when I am at optimal health versus where I was and how I was feeling prior. Um, cause I, I hundred percent get, uh, what you're talking about because I went through that, um, leading up to that, you know, suicidal attempt was, um, uh, I was going through a divorce, right? So not only did I have my health problems and issues and concerns, Um, but I had that, all that overwhelming stress and pressure of, you know, uh, facing a divorce. And at the time I have a a four-year-old son and thinking that I'm losing my son and just all my dreams were crushed and just everything that I envisioned for my life and for my future was just, was, yeah, it was just dismantled. Uh, and it was so, so hard to, to go through in that current state, I often wonder if I had cleaned up my nutrition and I started taking care of myself 
first prior to the divorce, I often wonder how how it would have how much different it would have been. Oh, I, I think I hear you saying that, you, you know, it would have been different like that. What you just said before is really powerful, more present, more productive, more clear minded, um, more more able to manage difficult emotions. And so all of that is like that's that's the um, that's the special sauce that we want people to have going through divorce. And we talk about. Um, thoughts and emotions and and management on that level. And yet here you are bringing in this, well, this other piece can help that so much, which is healthy body allows for also a healthy mind. Absolutely. 100%. Because you gotta, you gotta think like you're saying they're connected, right? Everything in our body is connected. All of the cells are connected. So those gut issues that affect your mood and affect your mind, all of that plays a part. But um, so when you're feeling, you know, lethargic and you're just feeling blah and you're feeling weighted down your brain, you know, it's very, very hard for your brain to be the opposite and be optimistic and be happy and be productive and be, you know, figuring out all the, all the greatness that lies ahead of us. When, when you feel like garbage, it's, I mean, I, I would guess it's, probably close to impossible. And yet when we feel like that, we grab for comfort foods. Let me get yes. a bag of potato chips. Let me have a slice of cake. Let me get some ice cream. Let me have a slice of pizza. So, so what's interesting is um, like our natural inclination, right? Comfort food is, and, and so fast stuff too, which I know you're going to talk about in a minute, like the difference between the time it takes to prepare healthy food and how easy it is to drive through a fast food place or grab a slice of pizza or a bag of chips. Um, and so the very thing we should be staying away from is what many of us have an inclination to go for when we're in that kind of down uh, space to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is, uh, uh, perplexing. I would say that the brain is so smart and so intuitive. Um, yet when it comes to, you know, that aspect of what you're talking about, um, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be able to put that two and two together that that garbage food is going to cause us more pain than good. Right. Um, so yeah. And, and there's a whole psychology train that you could go down, but that's what you're talking about is that emotional eating, right? That stress eating and emotional eating. So we're simply yearning for something. So when we're yearning for love or yearning for companionship or learning, yearning for energy or whatever it is that we're yearning, our brain is going to go through its Rolodex of, of things that it knows that are, is going to give us some sort of stimulation, some sort of feel good feeling. And, and realistic, realistically, it probably does go through the Rolodex and say, Hey, how about exercise? And in that moment, it's probably like, Hey, how about exercise? And then we, in our conscious mind, we're like, nah, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> and then it's like, Hey, how about picking up the phone and calling a loved one? And we're like, eh, maybe later. And then, Hey, how about that chocolate cake? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. Right. Cause it's just going through the Rolodex of things that are going to give us some sort of stimulation and set, you know, and reality is sugar and caffeine and, you know, all the chemicals that are in, in those foods do give us a stimulation. And so the brain gets to say, boop, uh, there you go. And we, we did it again, but it is perplexing that the brain as smart as it is, doesn't say, you know, it doesn't 
convince us to stay away from that stuff, knowing that it's uh, going to cause, you know, uh, additional hurt. Right. Right. So, so let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, the folks listening may be a range of kind of quasi healthy eaters, really healthy eaters, a lot of not so healthy eaters. Uh, you know, I just turned 60. So the paradigm of what a healthy diet was when I grew up seems to have changed a lot. So can we just talk about um, what people may have learned, what what you um, what your belief is, what you work with now and start there? Sure. Yep. So I was raised um, in a household where it was, you know, meat and potatoes and a vegetable. Right. We always had to have that starch. Right. We believed that it was the starch that made us feel full. So we had to have the potatoes or the rice or the pasta or whatever it was. Um, and then also in our household, we still had looking back, we had plenty of the convenience foods, you know, the boxed foods, the packaged foods, et cetera, for the convenience aspect of it. Um, so as far as, in, uh, as far as today's view of how I look at food, um, number one, how do I shorten this? Number one, the food, the actual food that we do consume, those starches, those grains, um, the wheat, et cetera, they aren't the same foods and grains that our ancestors ate, right? So there's probably a lot of grandparents and great grandparents when they talk to their grandkids and their grandkids say, yeah, I've got a, a gluten sensitivity or I've got a, a sensitivity to grains or I can't have this or I can't have that. And they look at them sideways and say, what are you talking about? We we grew up on that stuff. Like that's all we ever ate. The reality is the difference is it's not the same food, right? Our most of our grains today have been changed and modified and genetically altered and engineered and re-engineered and on and on and on and on and on to the point where our bodies sadly just no longer recognize them as a natural food source. Right. And so when our bodies don't recognize something as a natural food source, it's just doing what it's supposed to do, which is protecting ourselves, protecting the human body. So when we eat something and our digestive system goes to work and starts pulling everything apart, once it gets to one of these items like these commercial oils or these, you know, genetically modified foods or fake food, I guess I would call it, that's made in a, a, a laboratory. Uh, once it reaches this and, and doesn't recognize it, then it goes into defense mode. Then it's going to say, whoa, hold on a second. We may have a foreign invader here. We got something. We don't know what it is. This might be attacking us, right? And so it takes all of our energy and it sends it towards figuring out what to do with this foreign invader, right? And is going to put a lot of stress and strain on our digestive system. It drags us down. You know, it makes us feel exhausted after we eat. feels like we have to take a nap every time we eat food. Um, and, um, and so it's going to do what it can to uh, eliminate, you know, utilize what it can, excrete the rest of it. And then whatever's left over, it's going to have to store it. Uh, and that's, you know, storing it in our fat. And that's what causes the inflammation and adverse you know, uh, reactions to the body, so on and so forth. So, um, so first point is our current food isn't the same as what we were brought up on as far as our beliefs, thinking that we should put in our, our bodies is number one. And then number two, um, 
you know, it's, it isn't that starchy food that makes us feel full. Those are those, those are just straight carbohydrates. If you just, I mean, just test it. Anyone, anybody could test it, just eat just straight carbs alone and see how long that lasts. See how full you stay, right? Most likely within 30 minutes to an hour, you're going to be starving again. So the reality is it's the protein and the healthy fats is what satiates us and keeps us feeling full uh, until the next meal, um, not the starches. Uh, so for me personally, I've mostly eliminated those starches from, from my diet. Um, and I just, I've got a well-balanced diet, but it's, it's high in protein, high in healthy fats. And then I'm getting all my carbohydrates from vegetables. Shocker that veggies are actually carbohydrates. So well, I was just going to ask you that, like sweet potatoes and what, give, give us a list of uh, a handful of carbs that are vegetables that, that fill that um, void. Yeah. So all car, uh, all vegetables are, are going to, you know, mostly all vegetables are going to, are going to work, um, in, in this example, um, we've got it broken down, um, on our, you know, in a spreadsheet as far based on their glycemic index, because carbohydrates, everything converts to glucose in the body as far as carbohydrates. And so even in vegetables, uh, some vegetables are going to convert more to glucose, have a higher glycemic index than other vegetables, right? Your starchy car, um, starchy vegetables, like your beans, your, your peas, I'm sorry, your peas and your white potatoes, um, and your, um, um, soybeans, they're going to convert more to glucose than uh, say kale or your lettuces or asparagus or broccoli, you know, most of those greens. Right, right. Um, so, so, so just so that our listeners get, don't get lost. So there's the whole piece that, you know, all that packaged food is dead food. It's food that's been, you know, um, manipulated. And, and so I, I actually heard someone say that they, they were gluten intolerant, but then they went to France or Italy or something, and they were able to eat bread. And, and the difference wasn't, uh, the difference was all in how it was grown and how it was more the, the same food that our ancestors ate. So, so that's one piece, which is what's happening to our food. If we put that aside, you know, I remember being raised on like, you know, grains and, you know, and then the, the, the pyramid would go up from there. And I, I believe it's like almost upside down now in terms of uh, what we want to eat the most of. And so if you could speak very specifically about what, what are we looking for when, when we've got a, a 24 hour day, uh, how do we start looking at the meals that we're having and making sure that our balance is um, supporting our body and our mental and our physical health? Yeah. So the first thing when you talk about balance that you should be focusing on is making sure that every single meal that you put in your that you consume, right, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks, that it is a balanced meal. So it does have all of your macronutrients, which is going to be your P, your F's and your C's. So your proteins, your healthy fats, 
and then your carbohydrates, which should come primarily from vegetables. So first of all, making sure that that's balanced. Um, just eating one of those macronutrients is going to give your body some of what it needs so that it could be, you know, so that it can, uh, do what it needs to do um, to produce and give us back everything that we want, energy, productivity, you know, feeling good. Um, so staying balanced is, is uh, key number one. Um, and then the mixture of your uh, proportion sizes. So for me, most of my plates is gonna, are, are gonna be my protein. It's gonna be double or triple uh, vegetables and then some sort of healthy fats. Uh, added to that. So a healthy fat is going to be some olive oil, tablespoon or two of olive oil to the vegetables or some Kerrygold butter or any grass fed butter is going to be a source of healthy fat or half of an avocado. Adding that to the plate are just a few examples, um, but that's a very, very important um, and we could, you know, I don't want to, um, go off too far on a, on a tangent, but those healthy fats, um, is a very, very important component that we do need to add to every meal and all throughout the day. Uh, our bodies are either, uh, as far as sources of energy, we're all looking for energy, right? Um, our body is either going to burn glucose for energy, or it's going to burn healthy fats for energy. That's it. Those are the only two lanes that we're going to, that we're going to utilize for energy. And if we're not putting any healthy fats in our body for a source of energy, then all we have is glucose, which is carbs and sugar and et cetera, et cetera. So for a lot of people that are craving carbs constantly, um, but aren't putting any healthy fats or any, uh, enough protein in their body. Well, you know, no wonder, I mean, it's, it's, you know, dumb. it's not surprising and that, that they are going to be craving those carbohydrates. And, and um, I just heard you say, like, in terms of the balanced meal that, um, the protein would be like 25 or 30% of what's on the plate. Am I hearing that right? And that, that the vegetables would be the majority and then you'd have the healthy fat, like kind of uh, sprinkled, sprinkled on top, so to speak. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, so if I wanted to have bacon and eggs and a, and a whole wheat toast with a little bit of uh, whatever that healthy butter you spoke of, is that, is that a healthy diet? Is that a healthy meal? Yeah, so I definitely would. Um, this I would I would do the eggs right. Um, I would do the bacon. Um, I would probably I would get rid of the uh, toast, um, and then I would just add probably some uh, avocado uh, to the plate, and you know probably some grass-fed cheese perhaps and then also you know probably some chopped up or um, diced up cherry tomatoes it's probably how i would uh, eat that plate every divorce has its unique challenges Having helped people in many different high-conflict divorces, I know that when children and alcohol are involved, the situation becomes even more challenging. Whether you are concerned about child safety when an ex is co-parenting, or trying to prove your sobriety for custody, finding a reliable system that you trust can be difficult. That's why I love and recommend Soberlink 
Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system makes it easy to document sobriety in real time, ensuring child safety and providing tangible evidence of sobriety to the court as needed. It's easy to use and has features like facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting that all work together to improve your life during this difficult time. To help those in my audience who are going through divorce with children, I've worked with Soberlink to develop five tips for divorces involving children that you can download at www.soberlink.com backslash JBD. So going back to the the balanced meal, one of the things uh, that I think everyone considers a challenge is time. Yes. Um, And especially right now we're talking to probably a lot of single parents. Uh, Maybe time and budget are both of concern. And as you and I know, you go through the supermarket and you can grab a whole lot of dead food that you throw in the microwave or the oven and um, abracadabra, there it is on the kitchen table, ready to eat. How do, how do, how do we begin to combat that without feeling uh, guilty or shameful for needing to do it, do things fast because you're running the kids to and fro or whatever. How do we begin to combat the, um, the time issue, especially? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that is a, that's a big, um, challenge that we put in our minds, um, as, as for a reason to not do it right. We, we say we're already maxed right as it is, um, healthy eating is going to take forever. All this meal prepping, all this time in the kitchen, there is no time for that. Um, the reality that we have found is that's not the case at all. So Christy, my wife and I, we spend less than three hours a week, um, every week in the kitchen, uh, with cooking or prepping. Um, and that covers all of our breakfasts, our lunches, our snacks, and our dinners for the entire week, less than three hours. I would bet that people spend that amount of time just sitting in a drive-through uh at a fast food place sitting in line or sitting in a restaurant waiting for the food to be you know brought to them whatever um but yeah i think that's i think we believe that it's going to take forever but the reality is it doesn't have to it doesn't have to we live very very busy lifestyles just like everybody else Um, But we got to the point where we realized that um, for us, meal prepping and meal prepping is the key for us to alleviate uh, most of that cooking time. But we came to the conclusion that it's a it's a non-negotiable for us. We absolutely have to plan that every single week. Um, because it's a noticeable difference. The weeks that we do meal prep, how well we number one, eat, but also how stress-free eating becomes for the entire week. As so opposed- talk, what is that? You're, you're saying this word meal prep, and I'm thinking, 
okay, this afternoon I'm making turkey soup. I have to go inside. I have to chop. I have to this, I have to that. And it's like, so it's going to take all this time. My sense is you're talking about something a little different. Yeah. So when we meal prep, we're meal prepping to, um, to come to basically take care of all the essentials, I guess I would say, uh, for the week. So, um, essentials meaning like snacks, right? Um, so, uh, what we're going to do with the meal prepping is we're going to make, so we're going to get all of our groceries. We're going to have everything in the kitchen and we're going to start cleaning and chopping all of the produce, right? Produce is typically, you know, vegetables. If you're eating fresh vegetables, that's usually the most time consuming for mm-hmm. each meal, right? But if you could lump it all together and do it all at once when you're uh, in, in one sitting, uh, that alleviates all or and, and eliminates all the rest of that time throughout the week. So we're going to clean and chop and cut all those, uh, all the produce and all the vegetables up. And we're going to take, take a a big percentage of that. And we're going to make a huge toss green salad. That'll be the base of our lunches for the week. Uh, We're going to take a, a bunch of the rest of it and we're going to put it into individual Ziploc bags. Uh, and those are going to go into the refrigerator. So they're grab and go for the week for snacks. We're going to take the rest of it and we're going to put it on a baking sheet with some kale and some onion and salt and pepper and garlic powder and drizzle some olive oil over the top of it. And then we're going to roast those vegetables in the oven for a half hour. Um, while we're, uh, in addition to doing that, on the stovetop, I make a batch of quinoa uh, that'll last for the whole week that we put into power bowls or if we do need it at, as a side for anything um, that's done. I'll, I'll, um, I'll cook up a pound or two of ground meat on the stovetop as well. Those all, that'll also uh, last for the week. Whatever uh, protein I was going to add to the toss green salad, um, whether it's chicken breast or what have you, I'll grill those or cook uh, cook that up for the whole week. Uh, what else is there? Uh, so uh, nuts and seeds I have uh, for snacks throughout the week. So I'll put those. I make a, my own homemade trail mix and I'll put those in individual Ziploc baggies. All of our breakfasts through uh, 95% of our breakfasts, we actually do meal replacement shakes for breakfast, um, not in a blender, but just in a shaker bottle, um, just for the sake of ease and time. Uh, meal replacement shakes are, are, are a huge, huge benefit for us for breakfasts or anytime you do need a quick snack or a quick, you know, meal replacement lunch. They're also great to travel, you know, to, to take on the, on the run for the day. Cause you could put the powder in the Ziploc baggies, put it in the little shaker bottle and just bring that with you. Now, when you're out and about, all you have to do is find water instead of having to find a healthy meal. Um, so those are just some of the examples when I talk about meal prepping, no, that's uh, great. First of all, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that so that sounds so you guys really team up. You're in the kitchen and you're just um, you're just taking care of everything. And then come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon, evening. It's how long does it take you to grab the various parts and just put your meal together? Yeah, minutes. 
Yeah, wow. minutes. Uh, yeah, minutes to just grab everything and put it together. Um, and if we're, you know, one of the one of the nights, you know, and, and with the vegetables already being, you know, cooked, we just need to heat them up. So all we have to do is just focus on cooking the protein. Cook the protein. Add the, you know, vegetables. Add some more Kerrygold butter or some some grass fed butter, olive oil, or some healthy fat to it, and. Good. You've got a you know, quick, quick dinner that lasted minutes. Other helpful tips is, um, is to make, uh, you know, multiple batches when you're, when you do cook, when you do cook your meals, right. If you're one of the, as long as you're can eat leftovers, you know, for those that say, I, I just can't eat leftovers. I hate leftovers. Well, you know, it's different. That's different. But if you can eat leftovers, make every time you cook a meal, make a double batch or a triple batch, right? So now you have an additional dinner, you know, and or lunches left over and or snacks um, that'll cut you the amount of meals in half or by a third, um, just from doubling up each, each time you, you cook. That sounds great. Um, so one of the things we talked about, I'd like to shift a little bit. Uh your your website is 9010lifestyle.com and and so i think that's very important and if you could talk a little bit to the people who are currently eating the way you ate in your 20s and 30s you know how do you get from that to what you just described without you know feeling guilt and shame and and failing when you're under all the stress and you're juggling all these plates like yeah. How does that happen? What's what's the roadmap for our listeners on that? Yeah, that's a great question. So the 90-10, first of all, is uh, the theory behind that is 90% of the time we're on program, we're eating clean, we're making sure that we're putting the exact nutrients into our body every single day to give our body the perfect gasoline for your car, right? Um, and then 10%. We reserve, you know, 10% is live life. You know, if we want to indulge, if we want to, you know, eat the sweets, if we want to eat the carbs, if we want to eat pizza, uh, whatever it is, um, then we do 10% of the time, but we reserve that for special occasions. We reserve it for holidays, you know, vacations, celebrations, you name it. Um, so we don't, uh, I definitely, we don't believe it has to be all or nothing, right? It's not like you can't ever have that stuff ever for the rest of your life. The difference is you have to, you have to start having it, uh, rarely instead of regularly, if you will, mm. you can't, you can't get away with just putting that stuff in our body every single day and thinking that there's not going to be any consequence. Right. Um, so, so that's the 90, 10, but you're right. I didn't, I didn't start when I was at rock bottom and I realized that I needed to make a change. I certainly didn't master it right out of the gate. Not even close. I would say at best, I was 50, 50 at best. You know, I, I was trying to, you know, when I, when I came home from D-Day from rock bottom, from that attempt, you know, and, and had that wake up call that I needed to make a change. I literally purged my house. I threw, you know, went through the pantry and threw away all of the processed stuff, all of the garbage, all, you know, all the soda. I just got rid of it so that I wouldn't be tempted by it. Um, but still, even that I was still at best 50, 50. So 50% of the time I would make the right choices and I would, I would eat the right foods. And then 50, the other 50%, 
still bad habits, right? Still peer pressure, still the fact that it's everywhere, um, everywhere you go, anybody's, you know, any place that you go, it's, it's going to be there. Um, so, but what worked for me is, uh, I started having good days. I started having days where I was feeling good. Um, but what for me personally was more impactful was after that, when I did eat the garbage food, then I would feel like garbage for the next day or two after that. And that's really when it clicked of like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I, you know, I get like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. This is what I don't want. But every time I put this food in my body, that's what I get. I'm going to, I feel like garbage. Uh, so that's what helped me to say no to it more often. So 50, 50, just kind of naturally graduated to 60, 40, uh, and you know, more day, more good days than, than not. And then that graduated to 70, 30, because once you get that momentum, you, you want it more, yep. you know, yep. definitely got to the point where I was more, more addicted to feeling good and having good days. And that was my, you know, my um, craving, if you will, was to continue have, you know, feeling good and not feeling like garbage. You know, and you said something just a minute ago that I just want to highlight. Um, if it's in your house, it's going to be in your body. And, uh, and so if it's near you, it's going to be in you. And that whole idea of purging and getting rid of what you don't want to be eating instead of it being in the freezer or the cabinet. The other day, yesterday, the day before, I just had a bad day and I was like, I want something sweet. I want something sweet. What can I eat? And I went through my house and I was like, okay, I can have an apple or a banana. Oh, I could bake the apple with some stevia. And I, I ended up creating a, a healthy, um, a healthy snack that was able to soothe my sweet tooth, but had the cookies been in the cabinet or the ice cream been in the freezer, I I just obviously that that would have won out. And so even though I had momentary frustration that I didn't have anything sweet in the house, it's, it's interesting that, okay, so I made something, I, I satiated what my need was and then I was so happy that I hadn't eaten a pint of ice cream or a, a row of Oreo cookies or something like that. And so yeah. I think that that's a really important takeaway is, you know, if you're listening to this and and this is a desire of yours and even with your kids, right? Because I know kids like want what they want is to start um, being very discerning about what a snack is and how much sweets are in the house and um, and alternatives that can satiate you. Uh, I think that's a great one. And then the other piece that I just heard you say is that you started, you went right to 50-50. And I think it's so important that um, we all have our pace and you know everyone's got their own lifestyle changes. And yet to be that awareness that when you have a delicious salad, um, you're feeling different over the next couple of hours than if you have, you know, a McDonald's burger or a frozen pizza or whatever your choice might be. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. There's definitely, there's definitely a, um, there's definitely a exact link 
you know, to, and you hear the sayings, you know, I heard the sayings too. You are what you eat, right? You are what you eat, you are, are what you eat, but, um, but there, and there's definitely validity to it. Of course, I just thought it was a saying and, uh, you know, at the time, you know, before I felt the difference, um, but, but feeling the difference and, uh, feeling the direct correlation between how I feel ver versus what I put in my body is, is just absolutely astonishing. Amazing. You know, Scott, someone once said something to me about dead food. And when you put alive food in your body, you feel alive. And when you put dead food in your body, you have that, that, that drag, that, 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 that lull, that pull downward. And I had never thought of it that way before. And I was like, wow, that, that was, for me, that was like a really powerful statement to, which also helped me then make my choices when I was out shopping. Yeah. Um, so, so as we begin to wrap up, can, do you have some, some tips, um, uh, for our listeners? And then I want you to tell them how they can find you and a little bit about your program if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the tips, I would, I would say, not only is it important that you are what you eat, but you are what you eat eight, if that makes sense. So as far as coming, so the quality of the food is equally as important, if that makes sense. So hence, you know, so, so what we're looking for is as close to off the land ingredients and natural ingredients um, as possible, as simple as that, you know, we're trying to stay away from the foods that, something or somebody was, you know, that man was involved in and tried to change and modify and recreate and re-engineer and redo, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that seems to be the, uh, seems to be where the problem is. Right. And the more that it's been changed, the more it is what you call that empty or dead food. So, um, so, so when you say that, are you referring to like buy organic whenever you can? And, and are there other parts that you're referring to that you could be more specific about? Yeah, I'm specifically meaning organic and just clean, real, you know, real actual ingredients as close to, you know, as close to off the land and, you know, God given ingredients that, that you possibly can. Cage free, grass fed, organic, this kind of thing. Yep, exactly. No hormones. So you've got like, so if you're, if you're eating from an animal and you've got one animal that's raised in the commercial livestock industry and it's pumped with steroids and hormones and antibiotics, and it's fed a fattening, you know, diet because they sell the animal by the pound, um, then, you know, that animal is, you know, a, a toxic animal. And so if we're consuming that animal and consuming what's coming out of that animal, well, we're also consuming a big percentage of that not so good stuff, right? Yep. yep. On the flip side, if it is an organic grass fed, clean, you know, animal that, uh, that isn't, you know, being, injected uh, to all of that garbage, then it's certainly going to, you know, going to be uh, better for our body. Yeah. Okay. So eat well, what you eat well, also eat clean. 
Yes, absolutely. And then also consistency of eating, right? I know that's a big challenge for so many people is the consistency of eating. The rule of thumb is eating, you know, having five meals a day, right? Which is breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then two snacks in between. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of people out there with a busy lifestyle that have one or two meals a day and that's it, you know? And yeah, so um, I'm hearing that one. (laughs) Yeah. So the balancing is going to, you know, the balance in our blood sugar levels is going to, is definitely going to be critical, especially when it comes to mood, you know, and energy and our minds and the way we feel, we want that consistency all throughout the day, uh, as opposed to that roller coaster of blood sugar spikes and then drops and deficits and then spikes again, and then drops and deficits, right. Our emotions are going to do that, do that same thing. And I heard you say when you're talking about prep, so a snack could be what cheese and an apple, it could be a couple of nuts, um, it could be uh, a piece of fruit, uh, like it's, it doesn't have to be something big, but what you're saying is, I guess it's almost more of a, a grazing mentality. And then maybe you're not piling your plate so big when you finally sit down because you're starving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's smaller portions, but you know, more often, right. Definitely is uh, a a good way for me to balance my blood sugar levels for sure. But yeah, for me, a a common snack is going to be a hard boiled egg uh, is going to be some raw vegetables. So some, some celery sticks some carrot sticks some sugar snap peas, cucumbers, there's all going to be in a bag. So I'll just be eating off of those. And then the nuts and seeds will be my healthy fat. Um, and also getting some fiber from those, but all of them are easy to, you know, easy to grab and go and, and, and take with me. Um, wherever I go, I've got a small little soft cooler, you know, that I bring with me. So, um, so I always have, you know, food by my side. I definitely think that that's a big, big, uh, helpful tip for everybody is to be prepared, right? Being prepared. If, if you're not, if I, if I didn't have that food by my side, you know, in my, in my car or at, at work or wherever I'm at, then yeah, I, I would have to, I would have to find the healthiest thing I could possibly find that's out there, you know, for convenience. And that, that, that's hard, hard to find anything that's going to compete with what you could bring on your own. So tell us a little bit, Scott, about your program, um, what you offer. I know you have a free giveaway too, and then we'll tell folks how to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we have, uh, um, a brick and mortar wellness center here in Jacksonville, Florida, that's called health by design. Um, and my wife is the primary doctor there. She's a wellness doctor. And so she was vital in my healing. Right. And for, uh, you know, for, especially when it came to nutrition. And so for years, I begged her and begged her to, put what she does and teaches and coaches, um, in, in writing and create a plan, create a program that we could, you know, offer up to the masses to help others, um, get get to this point. So, so finally, I'm super excited because finally, um, 
we, we were able to, to produce that. Uh, it took her eight months, I would say, with the writers and the creators of the program that were just downloading everything out of her brain that she's ever known of uh, nutrition and living a clean, healthy lifestyle of um, you know, being 18 years in practice. And so we put it into a, a, a course that is an online um, self-study at your own pace course that teaches you everything that you need to know about clean eating and what it is and what it entails and what we should be putting in our bodies when, and what we should be keeping out of our bodies and why um, it's got, it's full with full of the meal prepping ideas and step-by-step -step guides on exactly how to implement all this stuff in a busy lifestyle and for any budget. Um, so yeah, so that's the 90-10 lifestyle um, program that you're talking about. Uh, and that is a, so it's set up to be a 12-week uh, course uh, to teach you, to walk you through the, the, the process. Um, but again, it could be, uh, you know, it could, it could, it's study at your own pace. So right. whatever amount of time it takes is and fine. And you have a free ebook that you want to offer our listeners? Yep, absolutely. So there is a free ebook uh, on maximizing your health, live your living your best life now, which is a great summary of the course and the program. Um, and also is gonna um, is is extremely informative and thorough on coaching and teaching you just what I said, what to what to stay away from and what you should be putting in your in your body instead, and how to how to go about doing that. Um, so you could also find uh, access to that at the at our uh, at the same website, which is the ninety ten lifestyle com. Okay, so. Go to 9010lifestyle.com if you like what Scott has been talking about and you want to start cleaning up your eating uh, habits and feeling better and more energized and more productive. And then, Scott, how, uh, how can people reach you directly if they have questions? Uh, so if they go to that website, any comments that they put at that and that website is going to come to Christy and myself and our team. So I'll be able to, uh, to be able to access it through there, through those comments. Um, also, uh, email, you could email us at Scott at health by design, FL.com FL for Florida, Scott at health by design, FL.com yeah. and the website. The website real quick is uh, the 9010 is just 9010. So 9010lifestyle.com. Perfect. Scott, this has been terrific. This has been really informative and, um, and motivating. And so I want to thank you for what you do out in the world and the people you help to heal and get healthy. And thank you for coming on to Journey Beyond Divorces podcast and sharing with our listeners how they can uh, up their game a little bit on the uh, health and nutrition front and improve what improve their um how did we say it? Improve their mindset, mood, and movement with healthy nutrition. So thanks so much. You are so welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And I definitely wish all of your listeners the best of luck, best wishes. Um, and uh, just know that you're, you're worth it.
And so it's, you know, putting, taking that nutrition, that's a, typically the bottom of our priority list and, and putting it to the top of your priority list, right? It's not a selfish task. It's, it's taking care of you first, because if you take care of you first, you're so much better for all of those around you. So I definitely wish you all the best. Beautiful. Stay tuned for the next episode of Life After Divorce. Until then, you take care. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com where our team of coaches support both men and women throughout one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.